With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Black and Gold Podcast. I am your host, Roy Countryman. This is the newest podcast on the Steel Curtain Network presented by Fans First Sports Network. Um, we're getting ready to dive into here. This has been something I've been looking forward to after having a couple opportunities to be on Jeff uh, Hartman's podcast. He's gave me an opportunity to have my own platform here and talk about everything involving the Steelers. So we're going to dive right into it here. But before we start talking about the Steelers, I want to give you a little bit of background, just who I am. So as I said, my name is Roy Countryman. You may have seen my work on 24-7 Sports. Um, I've been doing a lot of draft writing in the last few years for Jim Wexel. Uh, but a little bit of background about myself. I attended a course back in 2016 uh, through Sports Management Worldwide. Um, it was titled the Scouting and General Manager course. Uh, it was taught by a lot of people that have lived in the NFL realm. Um, it's, it was taught by Lynn Lashbrook, the founder of Sports Management Worldwide, and he's also an NFL agent. Um, but there's three or four other people here throughout that uh, time and, and learning process of, of that course that, that really have made an impression on me. And the first was Mark Dominic. He was the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, general manager and also spent a number of years on ESPN as an insider and also, I believe, on Sirius XM uh, on the radio side of things. Gave a lot of good information and be able to understand how things work from a front office personnel point. Um, then one of the other people that were mentors in that course was a man by the name of John Wooten. Not a lot of people know that name, uh, but he has affectionately been called the godfather of the NFL. He was actually a fifth round pick uh, of the Cleveland Brown back in the 50s. Um, and he blocked for Jim Brown and was really one of the people that paved the way and opened up his huge rushing lanes for him. But even more so than his playing career, he was known for his work as a front office executive. So he was a great guy to learn about the understanding of how trade markets develop and salary caps and hiring coaches and, and learning that process from a front office standpoint. And that's what I want to bring you here on the black and gold blueprint is we're not just going to be uh, on the surface level, the way things are done. We're going to dive into the, the why behind things are done and in, in the way building and structuring a team and, and coaching staffs and, and also things that the players go through. So Wooten was a great guy to pick his brain because he was a part of the Cowboys front office during the huge trade of uh, Herschel Walker. He also was a part of the Eagles front office. And then finally with the Ravens, he worked hand in hand with Ozzie Newsom before he took a step, a step back and uh, became the chairman of the Fritz Pollard Alliance. Now, if you heard of that before, it was a key um, developmental um, entity in helping establish the Rooney rule uh, and giving uh people of color a chance to advance in, in ways of that they haven't been able to before. So he was a great guy to get a lot of information and understanding on, on what it takes to be running a front office. 
And then finally, one of my one of my mentors that meant a lot to me um, personally was Russ Landy. Um, he was the resident scout and he taught um, all my classmates and myself um, the structure of the way you scout players at the college to the NFL level, um, how to set standards and, and know what to look for in tape. Um, and he really just he spent a lot of time investing in you to be able to understand what it takes to build a winning program in the NFL. Now he had 20 years of scouting experience spread across multiple leagues. Um, he worked in the NFL with the Rams and the Cleveland Browns. He worked in college setting as a scouting director for UCLA back in the eighties. And in the CFL, he had a lot of experience, whether it was the Calgary Stampeders, uh, a lot of time with the Montreal Alouettes. And then finally with the Edmonton Elks, but not only was his work in the, front office and the scouting important, but Russ also was one of the pioneers in bridging the gap from the NFL front office and scouting departments to the media side of things. Um, we really seen the proliferation of the way the NFL draft has become an event. Now, every year we have so many people that are invested in, and we have draft Twitter and we really have a lot to thank Russ for in this is he was one of the pioneers in bridging that gap. Um, he started a company called GM junior scouting, um, where he began crafting one of the first annual draft guides that was produced and put out there every year. So he was one of the pioneers and somebody that I took a lot of information from. Um, he also worked with CBS sports and consulting and, and was on the big 10 network uh, and sporting news and national football Post. Um, and also sports on earth. So he has a lot of different uh, outlets that he was a part of, but during my time throughout that course, Russ and I began a friendship. And not only that, he, he's seen a lot of possibility with me in the way I evaluated players. So after my completion of that course, he actually asked me to join his company, GM junior scouting as a scouting intern. And, and I wound up scouting for him for three years um, had a lot of good experiences there. So I know what it takes to write up scouting reports and know what NFL teams look at uh, when it comes to that. Now, as the story plays out here on my timeline, Russ winds up getting more involved with the CFL team to where he has to take a step back from his company. So it kind of gave me a, a chance to reevaluate and where I want to go. And he turned me um, towards another company in the media realm called Blitzalytics. Uh, where I worked my way up from just a writer to wound up running their staff as director of scouting of 10 to 15 guys, um, mentored a lot of them the same way that he mentored me and was trying to get them the understanding of what it takes to build a team. And not only that, but during our time there, we also dived into the secondary leagues and was one of the first companies in the media aspect to take a deep dive on them. We had podcasts about them as the AAF was in, in fruition. And then the XFL uh, before COVID had, had destroyed uh, it's good and positive run. So you're going to get a little bit of that influence here on my podcast as well. We're going to dive into the UFL product when the time is right for it. And when it is pertinent for the Steelers type content that we're going to be talking about here, but Within that experience of Blitzalytics, it allowed me a, uh, an opportunity that's to do something that I've been working on behind the scenes. Um, and that was to publish a book that I'd been putting together um, where it dived into the top 22 players of all 32 NFL teams, where it featured players from the previous last three draft classes with certain criteria to where you're getting to know the next stars of the NFL, not the ones that are already out there on the programs every Sunday, 
but those that you're targeting in your fantasy leagues or your dynasty leagues, and you're really getting to know that next product. So I, along with a, a, a very um, smart and upcoming staff of writers, evaluators, um, was able to put that together and actually publish it. It was called the Prospect Encyclopedia. It was one of um, my favorite works that I've ever been a part of. Uh, and then I also was able to, wasn't able to publish it a second year, but uh, put out a full PDF the, the following year and um, had to take a back burner to it here. But hopefully in the years to come, we're going to get back to that. But throughout that process, it really gave me a firm grasp of, of what it takes, not only um, in the NFL to build a winner, but in different avenues. And that's what you're going to get a little bit in this podcast as well, is not only the understanding of front office, we're going to look at the fans perspective, we're going to look at the players perspective, we're going to look at every avenue that football is a part of our life, and really jump into that. So not only that, with Blitzalytics, that parlayed myself into finding an, an avenue that I didn't think it would be possible. And that was starting my own scouting company um, in 2019. And that was in May. And I decided to name it Big Country Scouting LLC. And it really just created an avenue for, for me being able to be a voice in a lot of different realms, um, whether it was the writing aspect and, and scouting players getting to go down to Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl or in Indianapolis to go watch the Combine and, and get to know some of the players out there and get to know some of the, the media members and front office personnel as well. So that parlayed me uh, into starting my own website, which I, I, I hope you go check out. It's called prospectencyclopedia.com. That was harkened from our work of the encyclopedia previously. And it shows if you go to that site, it'll tell you everything about um, my draft rankings, um, a really in-depth off-season information. Uh, it'll keep tabs on all the moves everything you'd need to know for your mock drafts or your off-season uh, talks around the water cooler. And like I said, mock drafts and uh, draft rankings. It's, it's everything you need in one, one-stop shop. We'll also be having some UFL coverage there as well. So throughout all that time, you see, I got to work with Russ. Then I got to do a little bit of work as a scouting director, started my own scouting company. That led me to uh, an exchange with, with Jim Wexel. Um, getting to know him from 24-7 sports, uh, um, mostly through the message boards and, and through responses of, of his great work over there. And he asked me if I was interested in, in jumping aboard and producing some content for him. And now we're here four years later. That was in January 2020. Um, I'm really blessed to be able to call Jim a friend, and but also a mentor as well. He's taught me a lot about the writing process um, and the way to improve in that. And he's also allowed me to uh, expand on my horizons as a writer and also with being able to provide coverage um, and getting to know the Steelers um, team from an insider point of view. And that was by being able to cover training camp for the last number of years um, and, and getting to know these players one-on-one and having exchanges with them. Um, and it's just been a really a unique opportunity. And I'm, and I'm very blessed to be able to say that he is a great friend of mine. And he produces outstanding work. So make sure to go check out 24-7 Sports, the Steelers brand, Steel City Insider, um, all the writers over there. He's a great person to be working for. So we're going to provide you that kind of content as well and, and make sure to funnel the, um, the the views and the interest back his way as well because we always want to make sure to take care of each other in this platform. But got to know a lot of the other media members as well. Noah Strackbean and, and Nick Faribault and Chris Carter and getting to know um, – Mark Caballi and, and even Jerry Dulac and understanding the work that he has put together throughout his years as a Steelers reporter, getting to know a lot of these guys and, 
and giving them reverence in, in the work that they've done. So I have a journalism background with the work that I've been doing with, with Jim, um, but I've also established some relationships in the NFL realm. Uh, I, I know Charles Davis quite well. Um, Mike Tanier has been a, a great journalist on the national level for a number of years. Um, Jim Nagy is a, is a good person to be bouncing ideas off of, have worked with him on the encyclopedia and also in the fantasy football realm of Marcus Grant, um, know him pretty well as well. So it's, it's a great idea that, uh, that I'm able to provide you a little bit of perspective in a number of different ways. And as far as football players and knowing them, you know, I've had experience interviewing Cam Hayward and knowing him and, and his family and they're great people and, and, got to sit beside TJ Watt on a bus ride back, back and forth during trading camp and then get to talk to him, not only as a reporter, but get to tell him that I'm not a full-time reporter. I'm just a guy and have a regular conversation with him. And then I'm also kind of a, you know, a lax kind of personality and being able to ask the whimsical kind of questions with Nick, Nick Herbig last year at training camp, where getting to know who he is and maybe something that nobody else knows and him dropping the little nugget that he's a huge spam fan. So that's what the kind of content you're going to be getting here at the black and gold blueprint. But I want to talk about a little bit of something that's off the gridiron. And that is that outside of the football realm, I am a licensed pastor in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm an associate pastor in, in Southwestern PA right now. I'm working my way up to become a full-time pastor and one of the things I want to kind of explore on this is, is the faith aspect and in, in what these players are going through, the front office personnel, even the chaplains that have to go through and the NFL. And so you're going to get a little bit of a bit of that sprinkled in this podcast when it's uh, we have the opportunity because we don't get to hear these players stories all the time. And there's a lot of great guys that are out there. We just seen Cam Hayward featured on the Walter Payton man of the year and rightfully so for the great things that he's done in this community. But if I get an opportunity, I want to expand upon the mission field of football and, and what we're going to get into. And finally, I, just a little bit more information about me. I've been married to a, a great woman and a beautiful wife named Melissa for 14 years. It'll be 15 years here in October. And I have two little boys as well that keep me on my toes at all time, enjoy video gaming and, and sports. So um, it's just a really good experience. And, and I'm excited to be able to give you a, a unique perspective and, and not only Steelers and what you want for that kind of content, but also maybe some different nuggets that you haven't been used to in your daily listens here. So now that you've learned a little bit about me, what can you expect from this show? So as I was just mentioning, I was a pa I am a pastor at this point. Um, you're not going to get swearing here. Uh, I'm somebody that's very guarded in my words. Um, if you like Pat McAfee and the loose lips, you're not going to get that here. So if you have kiddos that want to learn more about football or, or maybe just want to turn them towards the aspect of, of a family-friendly Steelers podcast, make sure to click mine on here. And like I said, I'm pretty whimsical. I don't take myself too seriously. I like having a good time and laughing about things. So you might get a joke occasionally from me here. Uh, but we're going to get, we're going to be serious when we need to, but we're going to have a good time in, in our talk here about the Steelers. Um, you, like I mentioned, we're going to have some faith filled talk with players and, and maybe different avenues here as I am able to maybe parlay some guests here. Uh, and we're also going to dive into the, the meat and potatoes of why you're listening, diving into the background of how rosters are constructed and the why, the why the, the players leave town and maybe, don't fit our scheme so far. And maybe it's not just money and the reasons why they leave. Uh, I'm going to give you thorough valuations through a pro personnel lens of, of players that are out there in free agency and, and how their profiles fit and, 
Then I'm going to transition that also into the draft realm of scouting and my background and how players will fit into our systems. And I'm also going to give you a little taste of the personal experience that I've had within the, the Steelers realm and other people in the NFL world. Uh, so all things are within the realm uh, of Steelers are, are in the realm of discussion here. I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know me, I hate talking about myself. So that's going to transition perfectly here to the main reason why you're listening. And where are we at in the NFL offseason? Where are we at in the timeline that we're talking about? We've seen the All-Star Games, you know, the circuit kind of wrap up here. We had the Shrine Bowl. We had the Hula Bowl. And then finally, you had the Senior Bowl take place down Mobile. All great events. Lots of good things happening. Great interviews happening down there for teams and those prospects. You're seeing practice film and the wrapping up of that as well and seeing how the stocks are affected um, by that quality play and the competition level is is leveled across there for small school players going up against big big program players. So where are we at? Well, the next thing that's on the docket is the NFL Combine. It starts on Thursday, February 29th with the defensive linemen and the linebackers. Then on Friday, March 1st, we have the defensive backs and tight ends. Saturday, March 2nd, we have the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. And then finally on Sunday, it wraps up with the offensive linemen taking the field. So we're all familiar with the NFL Combine. We've seen how this spectacle has evolved in the last few years. And I'm honestly surprised that we haven't, we haven't seen the NFL try to pull it from Indianapolis. I know a few years ago they were talking about it, um, but that would be an absolute travesty. Um, speaking from somebody that's been to the NFL Combine, that city is made for this event um, with all the different medical side of things, but also just the way it's laid out and spaced out. It's a great event. Um for the way it's structured and what it's been uh, made for. So I hope in the coming years that we don't see it pulled from Indianapolis. Uh, it means the world to that uh, city. And we really want to jump into the why. Is is the NFL important? The NFL combine important at this point? Um, it can be debated, yes and no. And it's something that you really got to look at both sides of the coin here. How How much importance do you put on the NFL combine? Um, on the yes aspect, the, the medicals and the interviews, you know, and myself being, being in the NFL combine, to be honest with you, it's nothing more the equivalent of, of speed dating. Um, each of the 32 NFL teams get 60, 15 minute interviews. Now, um, a lot of times, uh, these scouts and, and the front office personnel have already done the legwork at the all-star games. Uh, they've interviewed these players a lot. So there's 60, 15 minute interviews of, have been really pared down and parsed down to only players that um, maybe are underclassmen or weren't at those events. Uh, maybe folks that bowed out of the all-star game circuit um, players that maybe have character questions or, or also health uh, questions, or maybe it's a aspect of wanting to know if the player uh, above the shoulders is able to do the X's and O's and has the work ethic to be able to uh, absorb a, a absorb a playbook as well as what the coaches want. So those are what you're getting into here. But the players, even before getting set up for their medicals and the interviews, have to submit to a background check. Um, if you are dinged with a, um, a a very extensive history with uh, domestic violence or or a felony or, or also a misdemeanor in any of them aspects or or anything that's that's a very harsh crime, you don't even get to participate in the NFL Combine. So 
you're really understanding you're getting a background check you're getting that character check um and as far as the interview process you're getting a baseline on the player so you got the background check the interview but the most important thing that the combine was ever produced for was the medicals so this creates the baseline across all 32 teams the physicals, the MRIs, the CAT scans, x-rays, all of it, all the diagnostic stuff goes into one database. So it is available for all 32 teams. Now, the caveat with that is players can be asked to come back if they're injured now or something is flagged during this process on another day. But it also establishes just the understanding of what longevity issues are with each player. So that is one thing you could see affect the stock of any of these players in Indianapolis and in the coming months is if something here is flagged. Um, but I haven't even got to the point of on-field work and the drills. The NFL combine in its, in its structure was presented and built by the few teams in Blesto um, back in the day for the medical and the interview process. It wasn't really produced for the athletic testing. That was more of a secondary aspect. And as far as a front office evaluator, I'm not quite sure. And even the media aspect, how many people will sit down and watch every single uh, event that's happening out in the field in the performance because it's all scripted and it lacks parity. I would prefer watching guys down in Mobile or at the Shrine game, watching that one-on-one competition there than I would watching you in the Underwear Olympics in Indianapolis. So what the media side pumps up and gets us all excited for with the results in the 40-yard dash and the bench press and the vertical is is great, and it's great TV. But as far as a roster construction point of view, there's not a lot of weight that gets put into it. Now, that is mentioned with also the information of – you should be taking those results and be verifying what you've already seen on tape. You're going to be looking for that caveat of, okay, this guy jumped 37 plus or Harry ran a four, three, and I didn't see that on tape. So it makes you go back, but it shouldn't wholeheartedly change your grade on a player as your scouting is going through the year. It should be checks and balances and going through it. Not only that, from a media perspective, the combine is something that's very hectic and, and, and very hard to pull people aside, whether it's GMs or, or coaches and try to get an interview with them because their time is so allotted out and, and carved out in, with the meetings and the interviews that you have little time to interact. Um, media members only have a small window to be able to interview players when they are available um, in the certain time frames. And then you sit down, you write your articles. But as far as the lax environment and try to get to know these players, it's not there in Indianapolis. That's for Mobile. If you want to go to Mobile, get to see the players, see evaluators and coaches, maybe on a little bit more of a lax state. That's where you want to go. And so Indianapolis and the Combine, we're talking about all these events. Now, it's a yes and no. It's a good and bad thing. Um, the bad is the big test results make people go crazy over draft stock of players for just performing well in a few drills. And that's not the case uh, from a front office uh, perspective. People want tape. They want results. They want a resume and then go back and look at that sort of thing. So not only that, but the NFL combine, one of the other things going on behind the scenes is the front office. They're not only there with the players of the draft, they are also there in the same space as the agents that are, representing the draft prospects 
But there's some collusion going on. There's some um, legal tampering. I know it's the dirty little secret of the NFL, but they're talking not only about the draft prospects they represent, but they're talking about the vets um, that are looking for the contracts. The, the, the agents are setting up a market for their players that are unrestricted free agents, or maybe it's a veteran player that they're talking with uh, the front office that they're with of, of a long-term deal, or maybe a restructuring of a contract, or maybe that player is going to be cut and they're going to try to drum up a market for a trade during the combine. We see a lot of movement of players in that cutting space and also the trades during this time. Because you also see with the verification of the athletic testing, you see stocks starting to be solidified and guys in, in the front office start understanding, okay, well, I, I need a cornerback or I need a receiver. Uh, we're lacking in that department in the draft. I can give up a third round pick and go get a veteran player instead of going out and getting a rookie. Um, so you're starting to see the, the, the value of draft picks be talked about. And just to point out in this, it, it's no lie. Last, last year, we can point to this. The Panthers, five days after the NFL combine and all these kind of conversations that took place, trade the number one overall pick just five days after the conclusion of the NFL combine. So a lot of the legwork gets established here in Indianapolis um, for the market that's going to be happening in the tampering period in March and the start of the new league year. So we just need to remember as you're watching the NFL combine, I enjoy it too. I'll probably will be as well. Um, don't overweigh the athletic testing. Uh, 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 go back to the film and watch it. Stick to your draft uh, stocks and where it's at. Don't, don't dive too high or too low and really kind of be on the pulse of what moves could be happening outside of that. Um, it's a great event. I encourage anybody that gets a chance to go, go check it out. Um, it's Indianapolis is a great town. It's a great host. Um, but it's really a spectacle. You can go and watch the combine. I know there's tickets now available uh, for fans that they can go watch. Um, but just kind of keep your in mind your P's and Q's that you don't get too high or too low. So I'm going to talk about in the coming episodes and what we're going to dive into here. Uh, we just mentioned a little bit about the NFL combine, and we're going to continue that on the next episode. It's uh, We're going to dive into what kind of drills and measurements to key in for. Um, it, for each position at the NFL Combine. We're also going to talk about players who the Steelers should be keeping an eye on at the Combine and what kind of results that may affect their draft stock there. Um, in the other coming episodes, we're going to be talking about free agents, the Steelers, and the ones that are they going to retain or let them go. Um, we're going to talk about the cap situation and, and the casualties that could be um, cut from here or also maybe parlayed through a trade for more draft assets. And then finally, we're going to be talking about outside free agent targets in the free agency realm. Um, who's, who's the players that we should be looking to bring in and, and strengthen our roster. And as the one, it's been the storyline all year, the quarterback conundrum, what do we do with Kenny Pickett? Is he our starter this year? Are, are we looking at Justin Fields? Are we looking at Russell Wilson? Are we looking at Tam? We're going to jump into that in one solid episode. Cause I don't want to, um, I don't want to, to to cut that short. We need to have a long discussion about what the quarterback conundrum is here. So uh, I hope you enjoyed episode one. If you would follow me on Twitter or X, my, uh, my call is at Preacher Boy Roy. Um, go check out my work over 24-7 Sports, uh, the Steel City Insider. Uh, check out Jim Wexel and all the other great writers over there as well. Uh, we always appreciate the feedback on the message boards as well there. Um, I have two articles up right now talking about the, the players that sign futures contracts um, on the offense and defense. So getting getting you informed on who those players are. 
as I mentioned earlier in the pod, um, if you're doing a mock draft or you want to keep track of what what's going on this offseason, uh, need to keep tabs on, on any things related to football, go check out my personal website, prospectencyclopedia.com. Um, it's been a great first episode. I look forward to jumping into this in the future. Um, I want to take one second, though, um, and talk about the faith aspect. And we talked about this earlier. And I want to just let you know as a listener that life is bigger than just the results that happen on the gridiron. And if you're in need of an ear, maybe a challenge flag in your life to help you review and get back on track, don't be afraid to hit me up. Uh, My DMs are open on X uh, at Preacher Boy Roy. I'm always willing to talk or turn an ear towards anybody that needs to uh, needs to have some attention and listening. Or maybe you just want to talk shop and talk ball. Don't be afraid to reach out. I always enjoy it. This has been the Black and Gold Blueprint, a Steelers podcast, the newest podcast on the Steel Curtain Network, presented by Fans First Sports Network. And as I always say, stay humble and be a blessing.